about helping people make more money, keep more of that money that they make and continuously grow their money. I'm a CPA by trade and an entrepreneur with a 30 year success record as the owner of of Charter Accounting and Tax Services. I take great pride and pleasure in helping people save money on their taxes and make giant strides in building their personal and business wealth. Today, my question for you is, when it comes to your area of expertise, how would you use your influence to create more income? I'm excited to introduce you to Brianna Day, a leading brand and influencer strategist and social media expert. We're going to talk about how building your influence equates to creating more income. You're in for a real treat. She's amazing. Let me tell you more about my guest. International makeover expert and social media branding phenom, Brianna Day, is the creative director at eWomen Network, one of the one of the most successful membership business networking communities for women entrepreneurs in North America, with over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across the U.S., Canada, and now the U.K. and Australia. She is a creative power strategist who enhances and elevates everything she touches. Her unique eye for design and range of skill is as varied as her client list including Mariah Carey, Leanne Rimes, Martina Navratilova, Dell, Famous Footwear, James Avery, New York Fashion Week, and I'm sure the list goes on and on. She is directing the creative future of marketing, branding, and communication for E-Women Network and the exciting celebrity science division of the company. Brianna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Let's you for having me. with <laughs> what you think it means to be influential. I mean, To me personally, what influence is, is the ability to be able to share your truth and have other people act upon, you know, and share that same, share that excitement that you have. You know, it's not about having a ton of followers. Being influential is about being able to share something that you're really passionate about and people say, I need to do that. Awesome. I love that because as an entrepreneur for literally most of my life, I guess now almost (laughs) 30 years, um, I I would be a very bad corporate employee. I think after 30 years of doing this, um, uh, you know, it really comes down to, you know, how do you get people to listen to you? Right. I mean, how do you, how do you put yourself out there in the sea of sameness, right? I mean, of course, everybody, I mean, I'm just an accounting firm, everybody, I mean, a, a million people can tech, no, not a million, a lot of people can technically do a tax return, right? So how do I take what I've done, what I've gathered, and all of a sudden expand, expand my reach, expand the people that are listening to what I have to say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's probably one of the most underutilized um, avenues, you know, building your online, your digital influence, especially upon, you know, your generation X and baby boomers. I think that the millennial and Gen Zers are really tapped into this because they really don't know life before social media. So building digital influence is kind of their go-to marketing strategy that they tap into. Um, And so those that really lean into it um, absolutely can really stand out and, and, and really build a beautiful influence and, and grow their audience and their revenue beyond their personal network in a way that we've never been able to before, you know, 
I mean, up until 10 years ago, there really wasn't social media. We were really limited to building our influence within our physical touch points that we had at our networking events and our connections, right? But now you have this amazing opportunity to put your message out there and potentially have literally millions of people see what you have to say if you're willing to take the time to build that influence. Exactly. And do you think that that's become even more important with, with everything that's going on now where we've moved to kind of a more digital world? I mean, all of our connections are happening, happening more online. Um, so we've got this social, which we had anyway. I mean, we've been developing and now all of a sudden everybody's so much more in the digital space. I mean, that's how we're connecting with mm-hmm. people right now. Yeah. I mean, you know this because I've had the opportunity to talk with you about it in detail and we've worked together. I, I'm, I, it, I don't think it's not only important, I think it's necessity. I saw a statistic that said that 70% of consumers are more likely to purchase from a brand whose CEO is active on social media. So not as not only is it important for your brand or your company to be on social media, but, you, but us as individuals have to show up because people want to get to know the brand leadership. People want to understand, you know, the the person behind the brand they want to they want to be able to relate to you and your values and your viewpoints and in and in connecting with people they're they're more likely to do business with your company and so it's you know if you're not showing up online you're potentially losing 70 percent of your customers to the ceo who is that's a yeah. huge number and huge. But it's interesting what you said there though because really I'm not caring about the, I mean, me, I'm, I'm not Coca-Cola. I don't have enough money to get the charter accounting brand out there, you know, and be recognized by everyone. So I'm really doing what you're saying. I mean, really it's me that, I, that is the influencer and they happen to, if I'm influencing them and need something that I can do, then I funnel them into what I do. But really it's more about people getting to know you and your message, right? More so than even my, what stands behind me. Is, is that what absolutely, you're Absolutely. I'll give you a real life example. Obviously, you know, at eWoman Network, we have the eWoman Network brand, which is a pretty well-established brand. And that well-established brand was founded by our CEO, Sandra Yancey, right? My mom. And so, um, you know, you've got the Ilma Network brand, but then you've also got her as a brand. And at the end of the day, we're working towards the same goal, right? So recently we had a huge online event and we're leveraging Facebook ads. So we were doing some A-B testing and, um, what we found was the same exact ad that we ran on Euma Network's account, we also ran on Sandra Yancey's account. And the Sandra Yancey account perform, outperformed the Euma Network account like <laughs> tenfold. It was insane. So we obviously immediately cut the Euma Network ads, redelegated all of our ad budget to Sandra Yancey's account. And it was all to promote an eWoman Network event. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just another real life example of how people want to connect more with people. And it's not to say that your company, like you shouldn't put emphasis or energy into your company, but it is to say when it comes to really taking that influence and translating it into income, which is really the focus of this conversation is not just being influential, but but generating revenue with your influence, um, your face and your likeness and, and your perspective is what people ultimately feel comfortable purchasing from. 
Absolutely. Well, so that's interesting that, I mean, you know, cause income's all in, that's my jam. I'm all about helping people make more, keep more and grow more money. Right. right. I, mean, I, I mean, there, I see so many people and, and, and I, and I'm a, you know, a super fan of eWomen Network. I, I led the Atlanta chapter for six years. I've been involved for about a decade. Some of my best friends, my collaborators, my referral partners. I mean, if I were to carve out the people that I met through eWomen Network, I'm not sure I'd have a business anymore. But um, <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the thing is, I am all about that income, but now I, I got so excited. I was being such a, in a love affair with eWomen Network. I lost my train of thought on that but <laughs> I all about the income, but it also is about, um, you know, how do we take that influence, right? and turn that into income. Where do you see people are making that mistake? I mean, that they maybe are getting the buzz, but then they're not. Yeah. Sure so ringing. What's going on there? I think that what happens is we kind of, we kind of lose our why, right? So obviously we're, we're coming here to build this influence online and what that means growing your popularity right growing your numbers because the more people that follow you the more people that like you the more followers you have but there's this thing that we get lost in when it comes to actually translating that into dollars and that is it's not just about people knowing about us and people liking us which is what ultimately grows a follower base and followership but it's also about people trusting us you know we we already know people like to do business with those that they know, like, and trust. And so I think it's that trust factor that sometimes we lose um, in terms of building that online relationship to take that likeness and translate it into a dollar. I love that. Exactly. I mean, because the thing is just to, you know, have, you know, just to be, have a bunch of likes. I mean, it's even like on our personal, you know, profiles right. and things like that, just because people are liking I mean, and then how, how can people, I mean, I think we've talked before really is one of the keys being consistent in your messaging and consistent about those throughout those platforms. Yeah. Consistency is key early in anything that you do right in life. Mm -hmm. I don't, there's very few things that I think anyone can be successful at without consistency and influence is one of them. I think what consistency does is it creates, um, that, that know and that like, because you're showing up repeated, repeatedly, you know, you're sharing your message and people are really feeling like they're getting to know you. But as it relates to then taking it a step further and making that a um, transactable relationship, you know, it comes to building that trust. And I think that that's what that's the piece that we forget about, you know, it's not like you can just, if it were as easy as, you know, scheduling out all of your content and making sure that it gets pushed out every single day consistently, then we'd all be monetizing on social media if that's all it took was just mm -hmm. scheduling it out. But what really allows us to monetize is that trust factor and people don't trust us if we're not actually physically sh showing up. And so engaging, I think, is really the most key element, the biggest takeaway that I can share with for those that are that are able to take that followership and move them into action, whatever action it is that you want them to take. Right. And so when you're saying engaging, are you referring to when, I mean, when, I mean, making sure that they're actually interacting with people as they're posting, uh, they're liking their posts and commenting? Is that, I mean, or what, I mean, is it really more than that? What do we really need to do to engage? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, there's so many things that you can do to engage. So you don't have to do all of them, but at the end of the day, it's just about building a real relationship, right? So, you know, commenting, having a back and forth conversation, um, not only on your posts, but direct messages as well. It depends on the platform that you're on too, right? And this is a tip that really does span every single social media platform. I don't care which one you're on. You could be on LinkedIn, you could be on Facebook, you could be on Instagram, you could be on, you know, TikTok for all I care. The, this principle applies. Nobody is, well, I won't say nobody, but most people aren't building true influence without building true relationships online. So influencing is, or so engaging rather is a combination of really any way you can engage with people face-to-face. So having a back and forth conversation, and you can do that on a post, you can do that in your stories, you can do that on your page, you can do it on someone else's page, right? It's not always about, it has to necessarily be on your account. It's just about making sure people feel like they can relate to you, like they can like you and like they can trust you. Right. Well, cause that's what it really comes down to. I mean, that no like and trust, I mean, it, it, it filters through everything. I mean, I saw somewhere, maybe it was, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was something about people don't buy, you know, what you do. It's kind of why you do and who you are a little right, bit. I mean, right. I mean, again, they could, any, they could go to HR block and get their tax return done. Right. Or they can go to, you know, a million other places and yeah. get a retirement plan done or, or, or have somebody, you know, help them come up with their pricing strategy. But why would they, I mean, it influences that they want to come to me. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They relate to you in a certain way. They feel like they can connect with you. They they like your energy. They like what you're putting out there. And so I think that's the thing too is, you know, a, a, a lot of people get discouraged by showing up and really investing and growing their influence because they feel like you kind of said earlier about the how saturated it all is, you know, and how do we stand out? And it just feels like for, to a lot of people, like it's just, it's, it's, they missed the boat. You know what I mean? Like it's too late for me now, but it's, it's not, you know what I mean? And just like the comparison between you and H&R Block, like there's a person for H&R Block, but there is a person for you. It's why there's a Target across the street from every Walmart. It's why there's a Walgreens across from every CVS. It's why there's a Chick-fil-A across from every Popeye's, across from every KFC. I mean, there really is enough for everyone. And it's your unique special sauce not to be, you know, confused with Chick-fil-A sauce because it's my favorite. But it's your special sauce <laughs> that, you know, people will connect with. And it's just about sharing that special sauce with the world. Wait, well, and it, it doesn't it kind of come down to that you don't have to be known to all nearly 8 billion people in the world because I couldn't even help all eight nearly 8 billion people you just yeah. want to be a rock star in your own world right I mean oh yeah whatever that world is yeah and that's the other thing about influence too I think a lot of people get hung up on like influence is a certain number like I'm an influencer when I have 10,000 followers or I'm an influencer when I have 25,000 followers I know influencers with less, less than 5,000 followers that are way more influential than that person with 25,000 followers why because again it's it's like we said earlier it's not about the followers it's not about having a ton of people that follow you and like your pictures it's about people that follow you and love what you're saying so much that they're moved to take action 
on whatever it is, whether it's your own product or you're endorsing someone else's. So to your whole point, you don't have to have 8 million followers. It's not about attracting everyone that needs your services. It's about attracting the few and building that deep rooted relationship with the few and moving them into action accordingly. Right. Well, it goes back to another interview that I had actually with your dad about the a niche. I mean, you want to, don't you want your influence and your, and what's going out there so that your person, that person, that small subset says, that sounds like me. She's like me. She's, yeah. You know, you know, it's not like trying to be the influencer to everyone. Oh, exactly. You know, the influencer space is so huge. You know, we talk about influencer as a, um, you know, influence, the term influencer, like, you know, an um, accessory to our business, but there are a lot of people that influencing is their business and that's all they do. The term influencer is like a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. So um, it's, you know, for us CEOs of our business, it's, it's not our primary focus, but the world of influencer marketing is so enormous now. It's like a $15 billion industry, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And it's so new. It's really taken things by storm. It's so, it's like unregulated. It's like the wild, wild west, you know, in terms of like rates. But there are people who literally are making six and seven years by just literally influencing on social media and there is no other business that they do alongside that it's just living their life and sharing their stories they're they're storytellers online essentially and um with that massive growth of this industry marketers have actually broken down the world of influence into two or into four i'm sorry four primary categories and so if you want to get technical for a second and we can kind please of please do you know me i'm a numbers lady i mean i'm, I'm all into the woo woo too but it, when it comes down to it i like the details too yes okay well let's geek out for a second then okay. so we've got uh four levels of influence we've got nano influencers nano influencers are your influencers with like less than a thousand followers they're people that are um have a you know a reach but their reach is primarily local you have your micro influencers that's where the influence starts to get a little bit bigger those are your people kind of between that thousand to ten thousand ish you've got your macro influencers that's when you start getting up into the up to a hundred thousand and then you've got your um Let's see, we've got what we talked about, nano, micro, macro, and mega, your big time influencers. These are like your celebrities, you know, where you get over 100,000 into the millions, right? So if marketers have created those four categories because all of them are relevant and they all serve a purpose. So there are companies that actually pay nano influencers, people with less than a thousand followers to talk about their products because they have influence. You know what I mean? And it's like that whole conversation. And, and oftentimes the bigger you get, the less niched down you get. So there are marketers that, you know, even with this robust marketing budget, they would never go for a mega influencer, a celebrity with a million followers. Why? Kind of to your point about niche earlier, it's like, do you think that Kim Kardashian's 8 million followers or 28 million followers or however many 
million followers she has are all the same demographic heck no that's all over the freaking map right so you know you're not going to get these these marketers aren't going to necessarily get the result with the specific reach that they want with somebody like that so depending on your business and who you can service and who your audience is it really it shouldn't even be the goal to grow a million followers right because you you you're you know who you're wanting to talk to and who you want to transact that business with and um and you can do that with a very defined small audience if you really nurture them the right way. Exactly. Well, so are there any pitfalls people should be kind of aware of in, in, in building their influence? Like, like even for example, I would say, I mean, I'm starting to get even hit up on some of my social media, you know, with people like, Hey, we like the way you look. We'd love for you to like Mm-hmm. something about it, or, you know, they're, they're already approaching me about like clothing and, and yeah. jewelry and stuff like that. And I'm like, wait, my message is about money. I mean, I don't know that I should be stepping out of my area. I mean, what, yeah. what, what kind of pitfalls are people running into in that as they're building their influence? Yeah, I think that you pretty much just nailed it on the head is to don't get distracted from your why. So if it's to support your primary business, then stay in your lane with supporting your primary business. If you want to build more of a lifestyle brand, like, you know, even my, uh, my mom, for example, who is a would be considered a macro influencer at this point. She has a really impressive following. And so she could sit up to promote things all the time. And every now and then we will, but it's because it's in alignment with our goal. So for instance, we are eWoman Network. That's our primary purpose for being on social media always. And our goal as a company is to help 1 million women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Okay. So we have, you know, partnered, we've partnered with multiple people, including Dell, you know, so it makes sense in her case to promote Dell on her social media because they are in alignment with us. We're working towards the same goal and they have products and services that support women entrepreneurs that support our goal of helping 1 million women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. And so I think that there is a time and a place to partner with other brands and you can do it creatively, but you always have to remind yourself of your mission and your why as to how the reason why you're showing up. It would be really, really odd, Deborah, if, if you were on, um, you know, your social media and all of a sudden you're like promoting hot dogs or something like, you know, but if there's exactly. And that's what I tell people just about, re- just, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of multiple, multiple, multiple streams of revenue. Cause I think everybody needs to have some revenue that is not tied dollars to hours. So, mm-hmm. so like if you have a service or, a, um, you know, like there's, I mean, like for example, legal shield is something that I am a representative of because my clients need a will, my clients need yeah. access to, you know, I mean, if they have a really complicated situation, of course they can pay extra to get to the attorneys or whatever, but for this really inexpensive monthly fee, they have access to an attorney and they get a will and all this kind of stuff. And it does fit in. I'm t- helping them protect right. their assets, you know, save their money, build a legacy or whatever. I mean, and when, you know, and they know that, you know, when I recommend it, I, I say, you know, I do get, you know, this is something I've vetted. I've looked at it, but that makes sense. But if I were to go out there and try to sell them coffee, they'd be like, why are you talking about coffee? I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with my business or my finances or my money. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the big thing on social media. There's a lot of noise there. And as you build your influence, you'll get opportunities to partner with companies and brands. And so making sure that it fits into the the story and the, you know, 
what you're, the story you're trying to tell and, and the people that you're trying to reach, as long as it fits in, I say go for it. You know, partnerships are really fun and it can also work both ways, you know. So just because someone offers to, you know, send you services or send you, you know, jewelry, for example, if it fits within your brand, it, just because that's their offer doesn't mean it has to end there. So I think that's the other big pitfall too, is not really like taking the time to negotiate just like you would anywhere else. I mean, social media is no different. There's money to be spent there. Like I said, influencer marketing is a $15 billion industry. So if these people are reaching out to you to promote their product and 10 of your followers spend money on that product, then you know, they're making more than their, more than their share on that gifted product that they sent you. So I think really keeping your business hat on and making sure it's worth your while, worth your time is crucial. Right. right. Well, because that kind of fits in with, I mean, one of my concepts always is leveraging, you know, I mean, smart leverage of your money. I mean, there's, I have a whole training and a whole, I always am speaking about good debt versus bad debt. I mean, good debt being something that's going to, you know, buying a rental property and making some income, buying a business, not buying, you know, I don't think it's good to put, a, you know, a Louis Vuitton purse, you know, thousand dollars or whatever on your credit card that you can't afford. That's bad debt, but leveraging mm. not just your money, but your, but your relationships and stuff too. So if you can, um, because people do listen to you and people are looking to you also for referrals constantly, because you would not even believe what clients call and ask me about. I have over a thousand <laughs> recurring clients and they will call me about everything. Do you know a plumber? Do you know a, I mean, do you know a, a social media person? Do you, mm. I mean, it, it's kind of like the go-to person. I mean, cause there's all kinds of stats that the CPA is the most trusted advisor when it comes to people's money. And it's not just about their money. I mean, they call me about everything. So <laughs> why not leverage those relationships? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the true testament of influence right there. Exactly. But the thing is, it, what's so cool about this is it goes back to your earlier point. Yes. And, and even, and, and I will tell you just a little bit how influence has been impacted by my affiliation with a woman network in a way I was, um, I'd been in business for probably 25 years before I ever wandered into an e-women network meeting. I owned also at the time, I've owned many, many businesses. I'm a serial entrepreneur, always had the CPA firm, but we always, we had a, um, we've owned many real estate projects. We um, owned an all-state agency for a little while. They came to me and said, look, you know, we can teach people about insurance, but we can't teach them about business. You have a perfect client base. Again, leveraging those relationships or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, so I wandered into an e-women network meeting because I didn't really need to network for my main business. I had so many return clients. I had a lot of referrals. I was like, oh, maybe I'll use this for the insurance business, right? And um, and so I had no idea. I mean, but I was just like rock star in my own little community, right? Then I started going to EWIN network meetings. Then I became the managing director. And then I started going to Dallas conferences and platinum. And I mean, and now I have contracts all over the country. I mean, I was this little rock star in, you know, the Atlanta suburbs, but I mean, I could have just st stayed there and been, you know, keying away at my computer and being awesome to my current clients. But now with social media, I mean, I could, I could be, you know, anybody's, I could be anybody's person, right? Exactly. And then adding on top of that, the new virtual world. I mean, we've, we've erased the borders. I can do business. I mean, we always could do business with people anywhere, but now it just seems more natural to not worry about the geographic borders. So yeah. it seems like now even more, this whole influencer thing is, is, is it's almost like you, you better do it or you're going to be the taxi to the, I mean, you're, you're not going to be the Uber. You're going to be the taxi, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of my favorite quotes ever, uh, 
it, I think, it, I think it was my mom, actually. <laughs> I was trying to remember if she was quoting someone else, but no, I think this is her. And one of my favorite quotes ever is, you can have a million dollar local business, but you cannot have a million dollar local business thinking locally. And what's so beautiful is because of social media, you know, it used to be in order to get mass coverage, you would have to have a mass marketing budget to hit the mass media outlets, you know, to get on TV or to get placement in a national ad or you're physically flying and traveling to networking events in other states and countries and um, getting yourself put up in hotel rooms and, and whatnot. But now because of social media, we have this really phenomenal opportunity to reach that mass audience on a huge scale, like you said, for free. Exactly. I, I think it's really funny. I haven't started really, I mean, I look at my numbers all the time, but I haven't been comparing to last year, but I will be really curious as I get ready to start preparing for 2021, looking at, you know, how much I spent on travel this year versus I spent on travel other years. And I mean, just some of the things that we were having to spend money on that we haven't been really right now, how we've been able to catapult that into, you know, diverting that money into maybe more social media that we weren't doing before. Um, right. I think people are still spending. I think there's a lot of pent up demand to spend right now because a lot of people are cutting expenses like that. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are not having the revenue that they needed to have because of what's going on. But if you have the revenue, which I think a lot of the people I hang with have really dug in, figured out, I hate the word pivot, I'm calling it evolve, um, <laughs> evolved into something else. Um, you know, So they've really got the revenue still going and they've been able to maybe divert money that they were spending for in-person kind of things, travel and those kind of things into some more of these digital kind of assets. Where would you say is one of the first places, and this may be, it's, it's kind of like people ask me questions about taxes. I'm like, well, your situation is different than everybody else's, but generally here's an answer. <laughs> um, where would you say the first place people should be spending dollars towards trying to build their influence? First place, I would say the first place is to really, if they haven't already, and this might, you know, this might go without saying for some people, but to your point, everybody is in different places, right? But I think the first place is to really nail down, if, if you're not a branding person, I think the first place you should be spending money is with the, the, the right branding agency to really get your brand on point. Because if you show up and you're not a clear brand and you don't really know what your like target is, you're just kind of all over the place. And it's sort of like spraying and praying, like just throwing a bunch of content out there, hoping it sticks and not really sure how, like what the real strategy is. I would say a strategy is really, really important. So if you don't have that figured out, that's number one. Let's say you're a little bit farther along and you've got that really clear and you've got a strong brand presence and colors and you, you know, you know how to visually present your brand the right way and consistently, I'd say the next step. And it's, you know what, it's also so, this is actually such a hard question, Deborah, because it's, <laughs> it really is true. Like everybody's in different places. You know, I'd say for the entrepreneur that is not looking to hire a social media person, um, investing in a really great scheduling system, one that also gives you really phenomenal insights into what you're doing. I think that that's really important. Um, if you don't have that, if you're hiring company, they should have that for you. So you're not having to pay out of pocket for that kind of a system with that kind of an, that kind of information. And once you have all that in place, um, you know, it is you, if you want to go, 
if you, if you want to go somewhere, you can go alone, but if you want to go fast, you need to go together and with a little bit of ad budget. (laughs) Exactly. I would say that putting, you know, money into ads and not just you DIYing those ads, but putting that money in the hands of people that really know how to do ads is really, you know, not as intuitive to do well as some people might think, you know, Mm -hmm. you might think you can do it on your own and, oh, this seems to make sense. Oh, I can make this target audience myself. Well, it comes back to the the analytics, right? I mean, it's like, I I mean, I am all about know your numbers. I mean, you know, it's so funny is I see clients all the time that just are, they're doing the same thing with their business. They're just like throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping that something's going to stick because forget even their brand. They don't even really know what they're selling. I mean, (laughs) and that's the thing is people show up without a clear strategy of what they're trying to say, who they're trying to say it to and what the end goal is. And that's really is the first thing. And it, and unfortunately though, I think a lot of people think that they've got it figured out. Like they have the thought that they've really got, you know, clarity, but it's still, it's kind of like you said, like they're still not niched down enough or um, it's, it's not clear. You know, I think a lot of times as experts in our fields, we're so close to our area of expertise that we take for granted our knowledge base. And so when we try to then go and share that knowledge, it still isn't elementary enough for the average person that's that's not as expert level as you, you know? So the community- that is so hard, especially when, I mean, because to me, I mean, because I have moved into more speaking and coaching and, and um, trying to do more than the transactional stuff, the compliance stuff that, that, that clients need. some of the stuff that they really need to hear. And I'm sure stuff that you help people with that they need to hear feels so basic to you. You're like, I can't really say that that would be embarrassing. It's so simple, but the problem is they don't get it or have not even, I mean, don't even know the words you're using. It sounds like, you know, the peanuts person, you know, like the the adults and the peanuts where they're like, wah, 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 wah. (laughs) I mean, you're saying stuff that just is like everyday talk to you. And they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and we take that for granted because we're so close to what it is that we do. So, um, you know, really including your audience online on social media, I think is a really great way to kind of gauge the temperature of their understanding and make sure that you're not speaking a foreign language. Because that's the thing too, is if they already know your language, then do they really need you? Right. You know, right. They've got all the answers if they know all this stuff. So taking the time to really break it down and understand how to communicate in a way that genuinely connects, I think is important. And, you know, when you're in face-to-face networking and you're having that back and forth dialogue, we have the luxury of, of saying to someone's face, it's really hard to be eyeball to eyeball and to kind of fake, like, I know what you're talking about. You know, if you're talking to me about some, you know, new, um, some new product that I could be investing in or someplace I should be placing my money. And I haven't heard of it. It's really hard for me to look you in the eyeball and pretend like I'm following you. You know what I mean? Like I, that's, I would be like, you know what? I've not heard of that. Can you explain what that is to me? You know, and it's just natural dialogue that happens face to face. But when you're on social media, people aren't doing that. People aren't saying, Oh, in the comments. Oh, I don't know what that is. Can you explain that to me? Can you? Right, because they're not going to. Well, right. For my topic, scrolling. Yeah. People are embarrassed to. I mean, it's one of the funny things I say all the time. It's 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 crazy that people are. They're literally they're embarrassed to admit that what they do and do not know. 
I mean, it, the money conversation so needs to be more front and center. Again, life, I mean, I, I didn't say it today, but I say it every day. Life is not about money, but money influences everything that's important in life. So if yeah. you don't get a grip on it, I mean, it's, it, it has a ripple effect. It does. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's no way around it. That's why I just think it's so important. And that's why I felt like it was so important to get out of my office, stop being just that, you know, CPA that totally is still dedicated 100% to helping my clients make more, keep more and grow more, but to go bigger than just in my little local town. I mean, because there's, there's just, there's a real lack of financial literacy and that's kind of my brand. And I really, I mean, I don't know if we were even going to go here with the, with this conversation, but that's really what I've loved about working with you and um, celebrity science and everything is taking all this passion, taking all this, um, you know, I, I'm not, I, you can't be an expert in everything. I mean, I am an expert in what people need to do with their money, but trying to bubble down everything that is me has really, I mean, you can't be an influencer if you don't do that. You could be an expert, but you can't be an influencer, right? Yeah, it's so true. Simplification, simplification, simplification. That's so important, you know, and if you're promoting too many different things, people, you're not, um, you, people can't really connect. I think in radio marketing, it, the statistic was somebody, people need to hear something 20 times before they really are starting to understand what it is that you're talking about or to where they're really remembering or recalling the information 20 times you need to hear it on 20 times to think you know oh you know what I've heard about that dentist office I should try that dentist next time I'm making a dentist appointment or oh you know I've heard about this accounting firm I should try this accounting firm next time 20 20 times social media is not that different if you're talking about you know 10 different offerings you're diluting so much people are just they, they they don't know what to retain they don't so really simplifying what it is that you're talking about really simplifying what it is you're offering and the lane that you're trying to move people through because ultimately what you're wanting to do as a business owner is you're wanting to move them from social media into opting in getting on your list so that you can go deeper social media is very very rarely a direct you know post to shopping cart transaction it's not an a to b transaction you know social media is the top of the funnel and then we have to like gradually move down and i think that that's a that's probably a misconception of social media why a lot of entrepreneurs um may find themselves getting frustrated with social media because it is hard harder to measure the roi because the roi most of the time is not a direct it's not a direct roi you know, right, right. Well, that's kind of similar to networking, right? I mean, people walk yeah. into a room and, and the, it, because they don't walk out with a check that, which is never going to happen um, mm -hmm. unless you maybe have a vendor booth or something like that, right. um, that they're missing the boat, you know, but should, should the ultimate goal be in all this social media, trying to, as you said, move them from social into some kind of an opt-in because in reality, we don't own our social media, you know, uh, uh we don't own that, those 1000 people, right? I yeah. mean, if for some reason you get in Facebook jail, you could get turned off and you've just lost everything that you had. Everything. I mean, the only thing we really own is our list, right? Exactly. So, I mean, shouldn't that be one of our, is that what you try? I mean, ultimately try to get people to opt in. I mean, they're not going to jump on say you're doing private coaching for $10,000. No one's going to see a post and say, oh my God, I'm going to spend $10,000 right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. It's so unrealistic. No, one 
thousand percent that should be the goal is to capture that lead outside of social media. I mean, you want to nurture them there, but yeah, I mean, Facebook and Instagram and they, I mean, any platform, it could disappear tomorrow and then what? So they could disappear or you could, I mean, I know somebody that had a pretty big um, following, they posted something wrong and, 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 you know, or in sometimes, yeah. you know, the rules are changing so much. They don't even know really what they did wrong, but they yep. got blocked out of their account. And then all that engagement, all those followers, I mean, do you start yeah. back from scratch? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you, if they're on your list, you own them. I mean, they, exactly. I mean, exactly own them, but you, I mean, you, you have access. Yeah. You have, you have access to them and you, yeah, you own the way in which you're able to communicate with them. Right. right. It's not being dictated by another platform. So yeah, that should absolutely be the goal, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, that th we could go down a whole other conversation about, you know, moving them down the funnel and the different ways that you can do right. that. But an opt-in is definitely, definitely it you know giving them creating giving them some value um that makes them move from social media into your personal personal list is where is where you ultimately want to be because then from there you can build that that know that like and that trust on an even deeper level exactly. and once they have that and they feel that and they've felt the value they've received the value then they can start to trust you enough to say you know what if i got this much value from this freebie or from this webinar Imagine if i pay wow this is the yeah. free stuff <laughs> exactly it, that, and that's so, what you, you want people should be on all the all the platforms or um do you kind of test it around and figure out where your peeps are I think that ain't nobody got time to be on all the platforms. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. No, I think that it's important to go where your people are. So I think if your people are on every single platform, then you probably should have a presence on every single platform. But most of the time we can niche down and figure out and identify two to three. Um, and sometimes it's even just one. It really just depends on the industry and the goal. Um, but but yeah, I mean, no need to go and invest a lot of money and time and energy into a Pinterest account if your people aren't on Pinterest, you know? Right, right. So, um, so yeah, I, you most definitely want to identify where your peeps are at, go where they're at, and speak to them the way they want to be, be spoken to. Exactly, exactly. And so across the platforms is the mess, but the messaging still is going to be consistent. The look is going to be consistent. The, you know, the, what you're saying is kind of consistent, right? I mean, you wouldn't be like have different personas for different platforms, right? No, the branding has got to be consistent, but oftentimes what you do is different. You know, I always preach just because a feature exists does not mean it's your friend. And so like, if we talk about Instagram for a second, Instagram has this really cool feature when you're posting that you can swipe and have it connected to your Facebook and you can connect it to this and that, and you can post to all of those platforms at once, the same exact post. Well, that is not in your best interest and that's not in your best interest for a couple of reasons number one you're training your audience that they only need to follow you on one platform because you're posting the same stuff everywhere and so you're doing yourself a disservice and you're butchering your ability to grow your your following and your influence on the other platforms when you're posting all the same stuff on one but two the way that people use the various different platforms is different so like if we talk about your social media for a second which if you guys aren't following deborah on social media i don't want to toot deborah's horn or my horn but i'm going to because i mean it's all her and we've had the opportunity to work together it's bomb it's fire so if you really want a good example of what really effective social media looks like look at hers because it's doing really beautiful things but <laughs> thank you for that too brianna it's, it's great <laughs> 
Thanks. Well, I, it's, you're so much fun to work with first and foremost, and I'm getting on a whole little fangirl tangent, so I'll focus here, but truly you're the best. So I, um, what, what's so powerful, right? And we just had a 90 day review together. And what we found, and we shared this with you is the, the content that does really, really great on your Facebook is not the same that does really, really great on your Instagram. Like the content that does really great on your Facebook we found is the content that has your picture in it. People like to see you and your face, the stuff that does really great on Instagram. People love these infographics. They love these practical tips and quotes and things like that. And so, you know, our strategies differ based on the platform and so it's just really important to pay attention to what your audience is really digging and it's not the same on every single platform the brand identity is the same you know the voice is the same the content is all you know consistent but the way that we serve it up is unique to what's performing the best because every single platform is different Exactly. I mean, it does look amazing. And if you, if you are trying to elevate your brand, elevate your, I mean, frankly, your influence, which is what we're talking about today. I mean, you, you need to find, uh, you need to find someone to help you. It's kind of like people can muddle along and do their tax returns, but I can promise you whatever they pay me, they um, pay less in taxes, at least that much times 10. I mean, same thing. You could muddle around trying to do this social media and trying to come up with the branding. I can tell you, I am a super consumer of everything. I have spent so much money over the years, you know, doing this program, doing that program, doing whatever. I mean, and the thing is, when it comes right down to it, success leaves clues. Follow the people that know what they're doing (laughs) and make sure that somebody that's doing it for you has already done it. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like stay in your zone of genius. <laughs> it's like if your thing is uh, taxes, leave the influence building to me and together we'll make magic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What well, comes down to, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, not to get off of the influencer, the whole thing, but I mean, really it is all about, I mean, I talk a lot about that wealth money, wealth being the very lowest level of wealth. We've got to have it to pay our bills and all that kind of stuff. But as you start gaining that wealth, as you start getting beyond the baseline and beyond having your regular needs melt, I mean, to me, the next level of wealth is relationships and, you know, really being able to leverage those relationships, have good, deep personal and business relationships and collaborations and, and, and ability to work with other people. That's, I mean, that's what it's really all about. I mean, to me, I mean, of course I'm in business to make money, but there's so many more ways to get ROI than just the, the cash register. You know, in, to me, I have a few money non-negotiables that I talk about that if it gets me more business, more money, more relationship, more health, or more um, time, that's almost a check the box. Yes. Spend the money on it. So you, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. What are you, what what are you looking for ROI? And if these, and I I can't see how influence doesn't get you more ROI. I mean, that's what we're talking about all today is how do you get more income and income isn't always just the cash. It's, it's something that moves your business, your life along, even if it's not, you know, directly the the cash register, right? Yeah. Cause eventually it will, if you're doing it right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I, gosh, I said something almost exactly like that today. Build the relationships and the money will follow, right? Yes. What we're doing with, with the influence is building, is expanding our relationships beyond, you know, just the people we can meet face to face. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. 
I mean, this is absolutely awesome, Brianna. I just have so enjoyed talking to you. I mean, I'm so lucky to have you as part of as, as part of my team, as part of my life. I mean, when I look back at my business in 10 years, I know that it's going to be instrumental with the things that we've done together. Um, I really appreciate your time. Are there any, is there any like little nugget, last little bit thing that you just feel like we missed on talking that people just have to know about influence? Or do you think we kind of, we kind of juiced them up? I think we, I mean, I hope that y'all feel juiced up. <laughs> I would say if there's any one just actionable item of anything, it's, you know, it's you don't just focus on putting your content out there, focus on building relationships. And that means a back and forth dialogue. So get out there and engage and build real relationships and you will see your influence just grow. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Brianna. Thank for those you for of having you me. that have listened in, if this is your first time, I hope you'll come back and visit the show. We're going to have more awesome guests just like Brianna. I mean, everything, I mean, to me, again, my mission is make more money, keep more money, grow more money. And that to me is the absolute best way to do that is having a business and leveraging that business to create the life and the legacy that you want to leave. And that's what I'm doing by bringing these super influential and successful people onto my show. So if you think that you're one of those kind of people, reach out to me. I'd be glad to, you know, see if you're a fit for the show. But for any of you that any of this made sense, that any of the things I was saying made sense and you want to connect with me deeper, the best way is to check out the awesome site that these guys did for me, DebraDaniel.com. <laughs> and, um, you know, check out my social media. I'm Deborah D CPA or Deborah Daniel CPA on all of the different, um, platforms. I've got a great new YouTube channel, beautiful videos. Also, thanks to Celebrity Science and, and their team. So what I'd love to do is have you join us again next time. And we will, and while, while I'm doing, in the meantime, get out there, make more money, keep more money and grow your money. And if anybody asks you why, you tell them Deborah Daniel said so. Thanks. <laughs>